Revelation chapter 12, as we continue in a series entitled The Overcoming Life. This particular passage of scripture has been a favorite of mine ever since I sat with my mama so many years ago in a, a conference done by Eduardo Servoso on uh, prayer evangelism. And for whatever reason, do you remember that, Mama? For whatever reason, I sat there and every one of those messages was like a, like a bronze-tipped arrow from the Lord straight in my heart. I just remembered it and it affected my walk ever since then. And I trust and believe that as God's words goes forth this morning, that you're going to be equipped in such a way that you'll walk in a way that you never have, that you'll be able to move in dimensions of authority and power, overcoming every obstacle, challenge, every mountain. The wind of God is blowing upon this congregation, blowing upon the state, and he's called you here to be equipped this morning, whether you're visiting from a faraway place or whether this is your first time or this is your home. We're so glad you're here. This word's going to change your life. Are you ready? Revelation chapter 12, find verse 10. If you're all there, say amen. amen. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed or overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He's filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Father, thank you for the anointing, the yoke-destroying, burden-lifting power of your spirit that's been put on display here, even during worship, as well as in the first service. And now, in the moments that remain, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay yet again, and that you would use me to speak forth your word, that it would run swiftly into our lives, you'd break him with truth, that you'd break him with light, that when we leave this place, we'd know that you've spoken to us. Lord, not just a religious educational experience, but an impartation from heaven that would bring transformation, revelation even, that brings revolution in our hearts, in our lives, in our community, in our nation, because we need a holy revolution. We need an awakening. We need a great revival in this land. You are the answer to every woe. In Alaska, you're the answer to every woe in the United States of America. And so we ask that you would use this and the effects of it be far-reaching even to eternity in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Let me ask you, uh, as we move into this second message in the series of three, The Overcoming Life, this message is entitled, Wielding the Word of Your Testimony. To wield, to wield like a sword. Wielding the word of your testimony. Again, the second message. Let me ask you this question. How many of you know what homiletics is? The word homiletics, you know what that means. Homiletics is, is the interpretation of scripture, homiletics. How many of you know what hermeneutics is? Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art of preparing and preaching sermons. Now, we do have notes for you. They're going up and down the aisles. If you'd like to fill those in, uh, please, please do so. 
and uh, it, it's wonderful to see Samuel, and I'm, I'm going to take a guess, Namel, Nel, Namel, Nelda? I got it right? Close. Amen. Nilda. God miraculously healed you, didn't he? Amen. And we're rejoicing that you're with us this morning. We heard that testimony last Sunday, and Samuel so graciously testified about meeting Pastor uh, Vince and Minister Ava, and they went and laid hands on her. Notes being passed out while well, I'm buying you a little bit of time here. And they went and ministered to her, and, and God in his infinite mercy and grace healed her, and she's here with us this morning. A life-threatening condition, as I understand it. And uh, we're thankful that God touched you and saved you again. Glory to God. So hermeneutics and homiletics are important to pastors, important to churches, of course, important to us as we grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Both of these things are, are crucial. Jesus' use of Scripture is, is fascinating to me. It's a fascinating thing when you look at Jesus' use of Scripture. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible that Jesus read, that's a new a book that's out. The Bible that Jesus read is the Old Testament. How many of you know that he spoke the Word of God, the Word of God in the Old Testament? That he didn't have the New Testament. He is the New Testament. Baby. He is the Word. But the Bible that Jesus used is the Old Testament. But he says interesting things like this. In, in Mark chapter 12 and verse 36, how David spoke by the Holy Spirit. Then he quotes David. But the point being, he understood that Scripture was God breathed, that the Holy Spirit was speaking through David, the sweet psalmist, the, the worshiping warrior of, of Israel. He, he understood that. And he says things like in John 6 and 63, uh, it says that spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are, are life. He, he saw his own word as God breathed. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. He's, he's declaring that his word is the word of God, which we understand certainly from John 1. In Matthew 5, now what, I've got to build a case, and I'm going to firmly place these blocks in, in, in the foundation and then set the thing on fire. By the time you leave here, you're going to have some tools. You'll learn to wield the word of your testimony to take the heads off of opposition so that you can overcome. That's the point. Okay. So Jesus exalted his own word above the Old Testament. What? Where is that? Easy, Matthew 5. Listen to what he says. He said, you've heard that it was said that thou shalt not commit adulteries. But I say to you, he who ever looks upon a woman, the lust after is already committed. But I say to you. So he quotes the Old Testament, quotes ten, part of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery. Then he says, but I say, I say unto you that he who even look... He's changing scripture. He's saying, my word is basically above, but now he is the word, understand. But it's fascinating how he used, how he used scripture. Amazing. A uh, number of years ago, before we re review our series, a uh, number of years ago, I, I think I was 19 years old, I left New York and flew to Mammoth Lakes, California, and lived there for a season with an uncle and an aunt. Not a real uncle and aunt, kind of adopted. How many of you know what I mean by adopted uncle and aunt? And their names were the Glazovs, and they were uh, descendants, well, they were Russian Jews. Now, there, it wasn't their parents, but I think it was their parents' parents that, that left Russia under persecution and came, and they settled in Chicago and eventually came to uh, Mammoth Lakes, California, which is a ski resort place. And 
and they were Russian Jews. In fact, they had the, the candlesticks from Russia that they would have Shabbat every Friday night. And how many of you know what Shabbat is? It's, it's, their, it's their, their, their day of rest and that they celebrate every week. So every Friday night, they would bring these candlesticks out and they would pray, you know, Baruch Atadonai, Eloheinu Melech Olam. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not doing it perfectly, but a kerchen of Bomitzvah Anyway, it goes on and on. And I, I would hear that every Friday night. And it, and it really affected me. But here's what, here's what affected me even more than all of that. What a blessing to, to, to live with Jews like that. It really was amazing. He became the rabbi of that area. There was no synagogue there, so they started one. And they were able to get the synagogue that was, you know, far away, whatever, to bring the Torah, these big rolls, these scrolls wrapped in, 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 in velvet and inscribed. And I, I'm sure there's others here that can talk about that more uh, in an educated way than I can. But I'll never forget that when they brought the Torah, they had the gathering, all the Jews of that area that came. And when the Torah came in, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was a big deal. There was all kinds of pomp and regalia and, you know, it's the Torah. And they brought this thing in. And it was the Word of God. Amen. Yet, Christians, I think we can learn something from our, from our Jewish brothers. There's Christians that got toilets, you know, toilets with their, their Bible on the back seat of your toilet. You know, the tank of your toilet or kicking around your floor. We don't, we don't really look at the Bible as, as, as really God's Word. Now, th there's exceptions. But we really need to reverence it more. God's word is, in fact, God's word. So let's look at the real quick review of our series. Jesus defines us as overcomers, as we said last week. There's seven promises to overcomers there in the book of Revelation. He says, he who overcomes, I will. And he it begins to tell you what he'll do. There's seven promises. You can study that. But it, it makes an assumption that we are overcomers. So that means no matter what you're facing, no matter what trial, no matter what obstacle, no matter what problem you have, you can over, overcome. Come on, say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And we saw from the text last week, and we even read it today, that although Satan is a formidable foe, now you'll see it's not, Satan is not capitalized in your notes on purpose, because <laughs> I didn't want to capitalize his name, because he's underneath my feet, and I'm just going to keep him uncapitalized. I'm not going to give him the honor. No, it's not po proper language there, but although Satan is a formidable foe, he's been defeated. Come on, say, Satan is defeated. Satan is defeated, both in heaven and on earth. We talked about that, and we talked last week, and all of, these, all of these messages, all of our messages are available on YouTube. You can get them. You can get them on our, our kcalaska.com. You can get them off the web stream. You can find them on Facebook. So last week, we talked about how we stand in the position of victory. What? Victory because of the blood, because of the blood of Jesus. Because of Jesus' blood, we stand in victory, and we talked about pleading the blood. We talked about the salvation and the kingdom and, and the power. There's articles in front of every one of those. Wow. So let's look at this text here today. Why the word of their testimony? Because there's a testimony that can be without words. In 1 Peter 3, Peter is talking about wives ministering to their unbelieving husbands. He's talking about their conduct and how their conduct is a testimony to them. Not their speech, but their conduct. That literally the way that you live is a testimony, declares the glory of God by the way that you live. 
I saw, I saw online and I watched it with my family. I was going to show you a section of it, but it's people testifying without words. So they're asked, who is Jesus Christ to you? And they would answer in their heart, but they wouldn't say it with their mouth. And you can see the, in people's countenance the testimony. And it came from all kinds of different backgrounds and, and, and unbelievers and atheists. And you can see the atheists and you can see people just get mad when they say Jesus Christ and other people start crying. It was a testimony without words. So our life is a testimony without words, but that's not what this is saying. This is saying, and it's how it's structured in the Greek, you have the word by the word logos of their testimony, martyria, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but that Greek word is translated martyr or witness. And so we overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the what? By the blood of the lamb, and part two how you overcome is by the word of your testimony. Overcome by the word of their testimony. Now, the word. Everybody say the word. It's an importance of speech. It's talking about speech. It's not silent. It's the word of your testimony. And if you think, if you put, turn to the scripture, put it up for me, please. 1 Corinthians 10, 6. We'll start there and we'll follow, follow that through. If you, if you think about the uh, book of Numbers in chapter 14, it says, the very words I heard you say that I will do. That's what the Lord said. So they were grumbling, they were murmuring, they were complaining. And the Lord's like, fine, I'm going to do the very thing I heard you say. Wow. And, and you see, you know that, that numbers where the serpents begin to bite all the grumblers? If you're being convicted because you're a grumbler, good, because I'm trying to help you. Because your words have power. Your words have consequence. So, so let's, let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 6. Now these things have come have become our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted and do not become idolaters of some of them, as it is written, the people sat down, drink, rose, rose up to play, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. That's the scripture I was just talking about. Verse 10, nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, I, I, I talked about this in, in Malachi chapter 3. There is a demonic entity that you can release with your mouth. He's saying, listen, if you grumble and you murmur and you complain, you can release the, the destroyer. Do a word study on the destroyer. You'll see all the way through scripture into the book of Revelation, the destroyer. It's a demonic entity. Can you tell me more about that? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be innocent of evil and excellent at what is good. I can't tell you all about it. I just know that there is one and I don't want it in my life. It's, in fact, it's not in my life. And I understand that you can release things with your mouth. Some of you, been, some of you 50% of your problems is because you have a mouth. Shut up. Come on. Come on, say to your neighbor, shut up. Oh, say it nice. Think about all the trouble that the Israelites got, and many times it was because of their mouth. Wow. So here you see really objective speech and subjective speech. I don't want to get into all of that. The word, everybody say the word. By the word, the what? The word. The word is a weapon. You know when people are in the word because when they pray, you hear the word. God stands over his word to see it performed. He doesn't stand over your opinion. 
using his word to pray releases greater power and authority than using your own word. When Jesus was tempted in the, devil, in the, in the desert, what did he do? He used the, the word. The devil uses the word too. He twists it. He used, he used scripture to tempt Jesus with his needs being met. He quoted scripture and, the, and, the, and Jesus, our savior, our hero, our master, our deliverer, used scripture to combat him. The word. The word is truth. Say it. The word is truth. And when you have truth, then it exposes a lie. If you look at those who uh, look at counterfeit money, they don't study counterfeit money. They study the real thing. So when they study the real thing, then immediately they see the fake when they see it. Now there's all kinds of light tests and little metal bars and stuff going through it. But you need to know the truth. I've shared this before, but my children have been raised, for, for the most part, in the presence of the Lord. My house has been filled with worship since before they were born. We speak the word. We love God. Granted, we stumble in different kinds of ways and have to repent for the sin of irritation. There's times when we got in the flesh. Come on, somebody say amen. But mostly, they've been raised and nurtured in God's presence. And I found as they grew up, they had tremendous discernment for what was not God's presence. And they would say even at three, four, five years old, I don't, I don't like it here. Yeah, they didn't like it because there's devils everywhere. I'm talking about going through a city and there's demonic power and people on drugs. And, you know, it's just kind of like, Daddy, I don't feel right. That's right. Shaka Tata Mahaya. <laughs> yeah, they had discernment because they were raised in the truth. Come on, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But you're only free to the amount of truth that you know, even though it exists. If you don't know it, you know, it's, when you're deceived, it's, it's, it's hard. All of us are subject to being deceived you got to know the truth, right? The, the, the Word. Everybody say the Word. The Word. Exposes a lie. The, the, the Word is power release. The Word is what? Power release. Let there be light. Boom. We still have it. Amazing. The Word is, is, testimony, is God's testimony against Satan. The Gospel is God's power being released. Now, I, I've shared numerous stories about this. It touched people in the first service. I have no doubt that it will impact you. Sharing the gospel is one of the greatest things you can do to overcome the devil, to overcome darkness. The proclamation of Jesus crucified and resurrected from the dead has power. Has power, not only here, but in the heavens. And when I say heavens, you're in the first heaven. It's called the first heaven, which you can see, the earth, flowers, everything that you can see, creation, is called the first heaven. The second heaven is where the battle is, the war, angels, demons. There's warfare there, second heaven. The third heaven is the throne. There are no devils up there. Right? There's no more weeping, no more tears, sardius, emerald, glory, sea of glass, throne. Woo! So when you preach the gospel, it does damage in the heavens. When I say damage, I'm talking about it, it unseats the powers of darkness. When Jesus sent out in the book of Luke, he sends out the 12 and later he sends out the 72. When he sent them out, they went and preached the gospel of the kingdom, right? They went and they healed the sick and they set the captives free. When they come back uh, in, in the book of Luke, it says, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. What is that talking about? Some say it's Ezekiel, uh, talking about Ezekiel, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. I got that right? Is it reversed? Anyway, those Old Testament passages talking about, hey, well, he's cast out of the heaven. Some say he's talking about that, but in the context, that's not what it means. What he's saying is because the power of God is put on display because you preach the kingdom, the, the powers of darkness were diminished in that area. 
In fact, it was even heard in political hallways. Herod thought that John the Baptist had come back from the dead. Why? Because the gospel of the kingdom went forward. The, the word, everybody say the word. When you, when you preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected, it releases power. We have uh, the king's army that is a tremendous ministry here in our church. And uh, 607 people, I have that right? 607 people, Jim and Susan Hart had that up for us. 607 people have given their hearts to Jesus outside the church. We're not even talking inside, we're talking outside since Father's Day. And they have a, we have a unique way of doing that. It's been around for uh, over 10 years, I think, but there's this little script that we have, and we teach people to do that, and you can come Tuesday night at 6.30 and get trained to go out, and I'm going to tell you, it'll set you on fire. Nothing sets you on fire quite like leading people to Jesus, really. Some of you have never had, never, never taken someone's hand and led somebody to Jesus as a believer. I'd encourage you to do it. It'll change your life. So I don't know how. That's right. That's why we have this. 6.30, you come Tuesday, teach you, get out there and go for it. You say, I don't feel led. Get the lead out. Let's reach the lost. There's a place called hell. We want to populate heaven. Come on, somebody say amen. So I've been a soul winner ever since I gave my heart to Jesus decades ago, over 20 years ago. And the reason I was wasn't like because somebody told me to. It's just like I was excited about what Jesus did for me. And he rescued me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, he really saved me. And he healed me. And he set me free. And I, I think I cried for a whole first year of being saved. I'd just be in church. Oh, Jesus, I love you. And I would just tell people, oh, he's really good. He's real. You've got to receive Jesus. And I learned different methods, the Roman, Romans Road, and you know, I learned all kinds of different methods. And so over a decade ago, I think now, I was handed one of these scripts, the one that we're using now. And they taught me to, to how to use that. And honestly, I'm like, well, I'm, I've been leading people to Jesus. I just put the script in my pocket and went using my own system. And honestly, it was difficult. And I thought, you know what? Why don't you just use the script? I thought to myself, how do you know that was probably the Lord? I pulled the script out, and I felt like a dummy because I'm much. I don't like reading out loud. It's not my favorite thing to do. I know you're. I'm a preacher, and I read out loud, crazy. But anyway, so I pulled it out, and I stumbled through the script. And the person I was talking to gave their heart to Jesus. I'm talking weeping, get saved, get their heart to Christ. And I just thought, man, that's awesome. And so I moved on to the next person, and they got saved. Then I moved on to the next person, and they got saved. And I think I got a rejection after that. But I led seven people to Christ. Uh, and that was in the span of about, I'm going to say about 45 minutes or so. At that time, I was so on fire that I, I think I might have been walking on air. And, and some of you know what I'm talking about. When you get so filled, you can just feel the glory of God on you. Listen, if you look at somebody that's on fire, they look like they're on fire. There's this thing about them like... They look like they plugged in somewhere. They did. They plugged into heaven. There's heaven on them. How, listen, some of you are looking at me like I'm weird. If you've ever looked, you ever looked at a woman who's pregnant and you see that radiance? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? A radiance? Come on, it's okay to say amen. Okay, you, right? You know what that is? It's the hand of God. They, listen, they cannot be saved and you still see radiance because God is knitting that baby together in their mother's womb. It's a supernatural thing taking place inside that womb. Those who look to him are radiant. They don't look depressed. Those that look to him are filled with joy and radiant, right? So I, I felt like this fire and this power, and I'm walking. I'm like, oh, God, what are you going to do? And I'm moving to the next house, and I walked past the window. I think it was the kitchen, and I heard people crying. By the time I knocked on the door, I was, I was so overcome with God's love and God's power, the door answered to this lady weeping who's crying. <laughs> I said, God sent me here. She says, I know, we've been waiting for you. That's what she says. We've been waiting for you. Please come in. I'm like, 
Now, as I look back on it, many of them, when miraculous power is released through a human, here's my experience and what I hear from others as well. It's like he does this thing and, and heaven happens, and then when it's over, you kind of get to look back on it and go, whoa, whoa. It's not like I walked in and then I raised my hand and then I said, in the name. Yeah, sit down. Now there's an unction, there's an anointing, and, and that's really what happened. I should, they ushered me into the living room and she's weeping. She says, everybody, come into the room. And it, was a, it was a local Hawaiian house and there's a lot of people there. And they all came into the living room and she says, God sent him here. Go ahead. I'm like, Okay, I pulled my script out. I read the script, people weeping, people crying. They all gave their hearts to Jesus. I invited them to church, got some follow-up information on them, and I walked out going, whoa. The word, the gospel has power. It has power. Whenever I walk into a hotel room, into a place where there's darkness, a place where there's demon demons manifesting. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Listen, that little dark shadow that runs around your house that you think you see it, that's a demon. You know those little voices and things that torment some of you and press you down in your bed and you wake up and you're like, you can't breathe, that's a demon. Some of you don't even understand that there's demon power manifesting all over the place and you need to take authority. You need to learn to speak the gospel over that thing and command it to shut its mouth. You can be an overcomer. You can live an overcoming life. Come on. And so I'll walk into a dark place and I'll just, uh, I'm a sense of, as soon as I feel it, I'm praying the Spirit usually, and then I just say, Jesus, you were crucified and you rose again from the grave. Devil, I know that you have no authority here. In Jesus' name, I declare the crucifixion, resurrected Lord. Thank you and hallelujah. <laughs> Darkness breaks. The gospel has power. The prophetic word has power. Right back in your notes. The prophetic word has power. 1 Timothy 1.18 Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you that you, by following them, may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. The prophetic word. Listen, we have prophetic conferences every year in multiple locations all around. Why do we do that? Because the prophetic word spoken over you will give you a weapon to war with the word, the prophetic word. Speak the word over your life. I think about the word that God brought me up here, my family, some 12 years ago now. October, it'll be 12 years. Kind of amazing. He spoke to me, showed me Alaska as I was on this run, and, he's, and he showed me the pipeline. He said, as the pipeline goes from Valdez, from, from the North Slope to Valdez, bringing crude to go into ships to get processed and goes around the world, so it is I'm sending you to Alaska to help build a pipeline where which the golden oil of Zachariah will flow. And so we just knew it was the Lord, and God confirmed it at all kinds of things. And we went up here. I've spoken that word, and I've declared that word. I'm telling you, Alaska has a very special place in the heart of God. It is a gateway to North America. God is going to bring a great awakening here, the golden oil of Zechariah. And if you really study what that is, it comes from godly leadership, lighting the lamp of the Lord, talking about a house of prayer, talking about building the temple, talking about building a church. God's going to pour out His Spirit. And He's called us here to do it. He's called you here to do it. Do it unless you're disobedient, then you should repent and get back to what he did call you to. But God has called us here, and you use the word to war with. And I could talk about freezing to death between Glen Allen and Delta Junction and how I froze and then almost died and prophesied and came back to life kind of thing. 
You war with the word. Everybody say the word. But your personal testimony, your personal testimony has power. Remember what God has done. Listen, am amnesia, spiritual amnesia is a recipe for death. Don't ever forget how God delivered you, how God saved you, how God provided for you, how God made a way where there seemed to be no way, where, where it was 1159 and you know it was over, but then God came through and rescued you. Don't ever forget that, because if he did it before, he can do it again. Every time that God has delivered you, every time I get discouraged, it doesn't last long. I don't let discouragement stay on me. Oh, I've got plenty of opportunities to get discouraged. All kinds of things will happen. But the enemy would love for you to get discouraged and get you out of faith and get you over into fear. I don't let discouragement stay on me. I just preach, pray, prophesy, declare that thing broken. What's to be screwed? He saved me. He healed me. Taught me to swim. Is he going to let me drown right now? Is he going to let you drown? He brought you this far. Don't you think he's going to bring you through? Is he? God is not a child abuser. He did it before. He can do it again. Let faith rise in your heart. The word of your testimony. You're, you're, you're God's megaphone declaring his goodness. Declare his goodness. God is good. Your testimony condemns the enemy in a court of law. Now, whether you realize it or not, there is a courtroom. And the judge, the judge of all, is the king of kings, the lord of lords. He's the judge of all. As God sits on the throne, he is the judge. And you'll stand before him when it's all said and done, and so will I, to give an account. But understand, as his beloved, as his redeemed, as his blood-washed host, to come before him and pray in a court of law and declare what God's going to do, what he said he was going to do, declaring his promises, and so on and so forth. Yeah, your testimony condemns the enemy in the court of heaven. All right, how to overcome by the word of your testimony. Number one, or A, read, know, and memorize the word. Read, know, and memorize the word. I don't know why it is. Um, I'm sure it's probably a demonic thing. Maybe, maybe it's just a thing of the flesh. But, um, I don't, you know, you can have victory if you want to. Listen, if you want to have victory, you can you want to live busted, disgusted, broke, depressed, and addicted to your house real life? That's up to you. I don't know what I've been through. No, I'm not trying to make fun of what you've been through. We all have testimonies where God delivered us from. But if, if you're making an excuse for why you can't walk in freedom, then you don't really understand the power of the resurrection. You don't really understand the power of God and what he can do. He can do it for you. Yet at the same time, we cripple heaven by our unbelief. We cripple heaven through our prayerlessness and not taking authority. Wow. You, can, you can live as the overcoming life, but you're going to have to get some, you're going to have to get some ammo. God has given us his word. Yeah. If you don't ever read the word, I'm, I'm going to have somebody telling me, um, uh, it was my beloved brother. He was, praying, he was praying that God would help him to quit smoking cigarettes. God help me. He's convicted. It's like, I don't want to destroy my temple. I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. So he's praying, God, help me, help me. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm trying to help you, but you keep putting those things in your mouth. I mean, do you really want to walk in victory? Do you really want to be free? Because if you do, then resource yourself with God's word. Read the word. There is no temptation that deceives you except that which is common to man. And God will always make a way of escape. And for whatever you're battling, whatever you're fighting, whatever you're facing, there is a word from the Lord in the Bible that will help you to combat that. Lust, greed. Come on, I, I've got up here, 
I've got up here Bible Promises for Life, the ultimate handbook for every need. Yeah, this is great. I think everybody should have one of these. You can do leadership, joy, idolatry, humility, hope, healing. My, my, my. There, there are, there are 7,500 promises, I'm told. I didn't count them, but 7,500 refuge, 7,000 provision, 500 promises for you. And if you'll take these things and learn to speak them, then you can get what they say you can have. But if you don't, then you'll end up hoping or believing for you know, God sovereignly to come through for you when the devil's pitched his tent in your front foyer and you need to kick him out. Read, know, memorize the word. Everybody say memorize. memorize. Secondly, speak to your mountains. Speak, speak to your mountains. Worship team, would you come? Speak to your mountain. Speak to the obstacles, command them to be moved. Now, you've got to know God's word and you've got to know what he said. Some of the mountains, some of the mountains, you know, might be God just bringing a delay for a moment to line things up. I mean, the Apostle Paul wanted to go and preach the gospel in Asia, and the Holy Spirit said no. I mean, when, it's hard to bind God. The Holy Spirit says no, no is uh, no. God always answers prayer. It's yes, no, and wait. There's no such thing as unanswered prayer. Many people don't want to hear no. But that is an answer to prayer. Lord, would you do this? No. Or Wait. Please, Lord, can I please marry her? Or can I please marry him? He's so fine. It's just so fine. I really no. No, really. I know you're going to change your mind, and then you move forward. And then your ministry, instead of going to the far-flung corners of the world, are now working out your situation in the unequally yoked scenario. Praying for God to change that stiff-necked, hard-headed husband or wife of yours. When, in fact, if you just obey. Now, he'll work it for good. Come on, God works all things for good. He does. See, man, I, I knew that's what happened to me. I knew that. No, well, you just be like Jesus and turn it all around. But, but when God says no, don't fight him. Speak to your mountains. Share your faith in Christ with others. We're talking about overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Share your testimony with people. Get on Facebook, get on Instagram, get on the Twitter account, get on whatever you got and share your faith with Jesus. Share, uh, share your faith in Jesus with people. D, hey, I want to sing that, you know, speak fun song with Hannah up here. Where is that one? Hannah Bell, would you come? Yeah, the front one, that fun one. Hannah Bracken, Hannah Bracken, other thing. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I don't know. It's speak something. Where is it? solo. Worship team, come on. Made a way, but there was no way. Yeah, we're going to sing in a second. 
Claim God's promises. Claim what? Claim God's promises. Lastly, share your personal testimony of what God's done for you. Listen, the reason we share testimonies, Samuel, and his beautiful wife, whose name I have a hard time pronouncing, the reason we share testimonies like that, you know why? Because if God did it for them, He can do it for you. The reason we share testimonies is because God can release His power to do it again. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. you get something this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place in that condition that you came in. Just a couple moments, service will be over. Don't leave, don't leave this place if you're not right with God. The reason we're here is so that you can get right. You say, well, I don't have a testimony. Well, you're going to have one after you give your heart to Jesus. You got to get saved. You got to give your heart to Christ. Listen, you can't become, you can't go and make it into heaven by going to church any more than a monkey can become part of the human race by putting on a suit. You can stand in your garage all you want to. It still doesn't make you a Maserati. You must repent. Ask Jesus to forgive you. Believe that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave for you. And as you do that, you repent. He comes, ask him into your life. He comes into your heart. He comes into your life and he washes you. He cleanses you and he makes you new. My testimony is I was lost and broken feeling abandoned and rejected and Jesus came and he touched my heart and he healed me he used to sing this song I wait I waited for the Lord on high I waited and he heard my cry I think back about how I was really calling out to the Lord for for so many years and then finally my eyes were open and somebody shared their faith with me and the devil was broken off of my life. Don't you leave this place if you're not right with God. Don't, 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 don't do it. Get right with Him right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, those online. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to make a recommitment to Him all across this place because you drifted so you need to recommit. Or if you just want to be assured of your salvation, because the devil lies to you and you're just not sure and you want to be assured of your salvation. In a moment, when I count to three, I want you to slip your hand up. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Number two, you want to recommit because you drifted. You want to come back home. I'm not talking about joining my church, this church. I'm talking about getting right with God. Wherever you are. Or three, you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place on the count of three. One, you can lift your hand. You want to be included in this prayer. Two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. My, my, my. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. I see that hand. God bless you. This middle section right here. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. See that hand. Over in this section right here, right here on my, my your left, my right. Lift your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. Want to get right with God all the way in the back. God bless you. I see that hand over on this far wing side. Anybody? All right. Would you stand up on your feet all across this place? Now, I never want to embarrass anybody. We protect people's dignity. We love people. But the Lord of God says this. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. That's what Jesus said. So we want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge that you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Because truth is, if you can't do it in front of a bunch of people that love God, it's going to be pretty hard to do it in front of a bunch of people that hate Him. So if you lifted your hand and you're serious, you want to get right with God for the first time, you want to recommit, or you just want to be sure as soon as Minister Micah sings... 
Step out from where you're standing. Come right to the center here. There's others coming with that's a little awkward well he's worth it God's worth it and the new life that the God has for them is worth it and hell is a real place and you don't ever want to go there and you say well I'm not ready well you might not ever be ready and this could be the last moment you ever hear this message Bubba and I pray you have many many long days loving God on the earth but no man knows so in a moment you're going to ask the person and if they're like uh, say come on I'll go down with you they'll be like no I don't want to go you don't have to twist them let them go but go ahead and ask him ready set do it go ahead ask him if you die today you're going to heaven come on I'll go down with you come on let's go together come on and then come on down come on come on oh yeah come on Come on, put your hands together for these. Yeah. I believe it. Come on with everything you have. You move the mountain. 
Just as he rose again from the grave, you are going to be born of the Spirit right now. John 3 says, you must be born again. You say, what does that mean? That means receiving Jesus, believing that he died on a cross and rose again for a grave. Listen, this is Christianity. Maybe somebody twisted it and, and, and made it say a whole bunch of rules and regulations and stuff. But this is the core of Christianity. The cross and the resurrection. Believing on him. This is what every denomination believes at its core that's that's righteous and true obeying the word and there's some weirdness out there jesus died on a cross so that you don't have to die so that your sins can be forgiven is it that easy it is that easy that's why it's called good news all you need to do is receive receive him how by faith you just just receive him and ask him to forgive you so we're going to pray this prayer and when we do everything you've ever done wrong everything everything you've ever done wrong is going to be wiped out and then we're going to pray for you and give you a little, a little, uh, a little gift, and we'll, our service will be over. Let's pray this right out loud all across this place. Those, uh, those here up front, pray with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Wash me. Make me new. Take away my sin and throw it as far as the east is from the west. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Break every chain. Break every bondage. And use my life for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Would you lift your hands? It's a universal sign of surrender. That's all. Just say, I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender. I give my life to you. Come on, right out loud. I give my life to you right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, come now and fill these, breaking every bondage, every chain, every curse. Fill these, God. Fill them full of your spirit. Fill them full of joy and hope. Give them a hunger for your word, a hunger for the things of God. Lord, they live a life of forgiveness. Some of you just need to let go of what happened in your home and your family. You can't hold on to unforgiveness and, 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 and walk with Christ. It doesn't work that way. you got to forgive Him. Forgive Him. Let Him go. God, we thank You. Be filled. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Wonderful. Those of you up front, turn towards these folks. Congregation, put your hands together for them and follow. Follow Pastor Vince right down that center aisle. We're going to take about two minutes, three minutes of your time. Just head right down that center aisle. Come on, church. Give it up for some people getting saved today. Come on. Yeah. I've seen you move. Come on. 
Put your hands together one more time for God. All right. Listen, I, I know it can be a little awkward at times, especially if you just pray that prayer, but let me just tell you that when you receive Jesus, you're, you're, you're born again, you're like a little baby. And I mean that in the best of ways. And you have to grow in the things of God to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. That's called discipleship. And there's a whole process of sanctification, stepping away from the old life and learning to live in the new, in the, in the, the resurrected power of God. It's, it's hard to put secular terminology to that which is spiritual of Scripture. I mean, how do you talk about someone being born again without using the word being born again? Nicodemus said, can a, can a man enter into a woman's, into his mother's womb again? And Jesus is like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. It's, it's him coming to take up residence on the inside of you. you your spirit is separated from God because of sin. But when you believe on Jesus, you're reconciled, you're redeemed, you're, you're, you're washed, you're cleansed, you're made righteous so that He can come to live on the inside of you. So sin and the stain thereof doesn't stay in you. You're, be, you're made born again. The Bible says He takes out the heart of stone and He puts in the heart of flesh. These are spiritual things, and they're spiritually discerned, and that's the reason we're here, so that you can live the overcoming life. We overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. Speak it. Declare it. Speak the blessing. Prophesy over your own life. Speak the promises. Speak to mountains. Walk in the favor. Walk in the promises of God. Share your testimony. There's people out there that are addicted and afflicted, and they're waiting. Divine appointments for you and me you hear the good news of Jesus, that you don't have to be bound, broken, addicted, or afflicted anymore. You can be free in Jesus' name. Did you get something today? All right, let me close in prayer. Father, thank you for what you've done. We ask for the blessing of heaven to be upon each and every one of us. God, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, Lord. Lift up your countenance towards us, God. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tonight. Church at 6 o'clock. We love you. Praise the Lord.